2: This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show... Um, Kind of an awkward week in Miami-Dade soccer this week uh, because Miami FC are playing the San Francisco Deltas twice. Uh, We addressed the Deltas in an earlier podcast, and it doesn't make sense to review a game against the Deltas and then preview a game against the Deltas in the same podcast. So we will be back with you next week uh, with a full episode, hopefully with me, uh, Matthew Bunch, in case I didn't introduce myself, uh, Omar Mubayad, and uh, Drew Hausman on the line Um, But because we are in this kind of weird middle period, um, we have kind of a special treat. Uh, Omar was able to get some time with Chris Kivlahan of uh, Midfield Press, uh, who wrote a very interesting, compelling, detailed article about the nature of the NASL and how it may be developing or not developing going forward. The the article is titled, «Differentiate or Die. NASL Must Evolve Dramatically If It Survives Its Latest Challenge». Um, It's a really compelling, interesting read, and I highly recommend you head over to midfieldpress.com and check that out. It's actually the first article under latest news uh, at the moment, which is on October 6, 2017. Uh, So uh, Omar and Chris sat down for a good long while and kind of talked about the nature of what the NASL uh, will be facing going forward. Uh, I think it's a compelling listen. I think Omar thinks it's a compelling listen, too. And uh, so I encourage you to stick around and uh, check it out. And like I said, we'll be back next week after the second san francisco deltas game with a full recap of both games and hopefully by that point miami fc will have clinched home field advantage through the entire nasl playoffs with the combined season victory Um, until next time i've been matthew bunch and uh until then go miami fc and go miami soccer
1: we want to give a warm magic city welcome to chris kivlahan chris is a writer for midfield press Please make sure to check out his work on midfieldpress.com, uh, most notably written a recent article here on what the NASL might do to survive. And before we get into that, Chris, thank you for joining us. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
1: Pleasure to have you. Um, you wrote a very interesting piece on the NASL and, and some options that the NASL might have moving forward that I absolutely, I mean, for lack of better words, loved, um, you talked about three different scenarios, and I want to give you the floor here and, and, and say, you know, what are these three different scenarios that, that you feel the NASL may have to their disposal in order to kind of keep, you know, things running?
0: Sure. So, um, yeah, the article I wrote for Midfield Press is called Differentiate or Die. And the point of the article is that the NASL needs to adapt its model going forward to make sure that it is going to appeal to a large market of soccer fans. Um, You know, and that's, you know, that's, that's assuming that it survives this latest challenge. Even if it survives, it needs to change because, um, you know, it's, it's not providing, in my opinion, a different enough product from uh, MLS and USL. And the answer to that is by really embracing uh, promotion and relegation. Uh, The, uh, National Independent Soccer Association uh, is being launched uh, by Peter Wilt uh, and others, uh, and uh, the the sort of charter for this league, uh, which uh, plans to apply for uh, Division Three sanctioning for next year, um, is promotion and relegation, developing a basically um, a alternate pyramid, if you will, that that has a promotion and relegation model. Like the global system, and so my article is is strongly you know suggesting that that's the way forward for the clubs in the NASL is to embrace the model that that Nisa's proposing because that give them uh, differentiation in the marketplace from the uh, basically you know Major League Soccer being kind of the NFL uh, or um, MLB. Mm-hmm. of soccer, you know, very much in their name, right? Major League Soccer, <laughs> Major League Baseball. And USL being, you know, having embraced their role as the minor league, uh, you know, to, to MLS, right? So you've right. got kind of your your American, you know, sports, you know, major league and minor league model. Then I think the alternative product that you could show to the marketplace and, and get a lot of interest would be your traditional global soccer pyramid. Um, so I think that this is this is a critical uh, tr- strategic decision that the clubs in the NASL really need to embrace. I don't believe that um, anybody is going to be interested in seeing another closed league. Um, you know that happens to give its owners, you know, a little bit more freedom. You know that that's possibly differentiated to the investors. But it's not differentiated enough to the fans, and I think it needs to do both. It needs to have the freedom for the owner, so that's appealing to be an owner in that system, which I think they have today. And they've got to embrace the promotion and relegation pyramid to show fans a product that's totally different from what they see in MLS and USL.
1: And I think what you just said is music to a lot of listen, our listeners' ears. And, and the reason for that is, you know, Ricardo Silva has, I mean, for lack of a better words, spearheaded the effort with regards to promotion and relegation within the North American soccer structure, or I should say the United States soccer structure, really. Um, so with aspects, then, your first scenario, which is that NASL or NISA, or National Independent Soccer Association's merger, that's basically – Kind of, if all things go well with regards to the injunction, which we'll get to later, that essentially just tries to uh, speed up the timeline that Peter Wilt and Company had. If, if I'm not mistaken, they were supposed to start playing 2019. I know teams like Miami United were already pegged, and Chattanooga FC was rumored to be a second team that was already pegged for that Division Three in NISA. Um, so basically, you're saying these teams would have to go right now in 2018, if possible.
0: Yeah. So I think. Um you know the plan you know as it stands is for for nisa to uh to to play in, in in 2018 you know if they can get enough teams to do that um and um you know if if not they'll push to 2019 right, right. um so in this scenario where the NESL gets the injunction and they're able to maintain their division 2 status um i think it's it's still in their best interests to to have some type of merger With NISA, um, where, you know, you would, you would have that, that, um, third division league below, uh, NASL come about in either 2018 or 2019, and you can start to work towards promotion and relegation and show a real roadmap. You know, other than Ricardo Silva's lawsuit, um, you know, there's the NASL hasn't really, uh, acted right, toward to implement promotion and relegation. They've been kind of too busy, um, you know, sort of fighting for survival, right? Right. Um, You know, Silva's, Silva's step that he took is the real tangible action beyond just sort of talking about it as something that they'd like to see one day, right? And you kind of almost get the impression that they'd like to see it, but they'd like to see it so they could be promoted up. <laughs> um, you know, because they because the follow through hasn't really been there, and that's probably more due to you know the fight for survival uh, than anything else. Uh, but but it is what it is, and um, you know Silva's actions are you know, a lot a lot louder than just the words of we want to have it. So I think this would also be a step that the league could take to make it more than just words. It's like, hey, we're we've we've merged with this third division league. And we're going to work. We've got a roadmap to do promotion and relegation by 2020, right? And that's tangible. Right. And that that to me would get some interest going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the second scenario I wanted to discuss was actually one of my more favorite scenarios. Or that's not even correct English. One of my favorite scenario really in your article, and the reason for that was your second scenario discusses is NISA absorbing NASL, essentially becoming, you know, uh, in air quotes, NASL 3.0 and having a mm-hmm. lot of the teams that choose to not go to USL uh, now fold into a new league, just call it NISA instead of NASL, and have them apply for Division Two status. Do you think that's a league, let's say this is the way things go down, um, do you think NISA would then still be granted Division Two status, even though with like the arbitrary... Uh, you know, things such as time zones and number of teams? Because I'm thinking from my perspective, all right, well, even if you lose a team like North Carolina FC because now the exit fee is is almost waived completely and you add a Miami United or you add a Chattanooga, you still don't have that central time zone issue unless Detroit and New Orleans jump on board immediately. So do you think that would actually work, getting Division Two status under just a new figurehead or a new title?
0: Yes, actually, because there's an important... Um distinction there um, that uh that is nisa would be applying for division two status as a first year league um so they would not be held to the standard of the sixth year um plus that the nasl is held to right so they would they would be him looking at what it takes to be a first year division two league and that requires eight teams in two time zones okay so so they could, so they could, uh, you know, it is legitimately a league that has already launched. You know, they could, you know, let's say six NASL teams decide to move over to it, or you know, or even five would be probably a more pessimistic scenario. Uh, but say, say somewhere between five and six teams move over to it from the NASL. Let's assume a couple of the teams go to USL, and you know, maybe a couple go just go out of business. Um, cause right now you've got 10 teams, right? Right. Um, so let's assume, let's assume, uh, five to six go over. You need then two to three of the eight NISA applicants to be ready for the 2018 season. Uh, and you need those to, to meet the ownership, uh, standards and the venue standards. So I think between eight possible candidates for that, you can probably find two to three groups that can be ready. And you might even find one in the Central Time Zone, uh, by the way. Um, so, um, so I think that that is a very viable uh, what to do if the injunction's not granted. You know, you just sort of apply. Uh, you join ISA as the clubs. You know, NASL can continue on as a legal entity and continue to pursue the lawsuit. You could, you know, you could still have an employee or two that works for the NASL um, who, who's you know, their whole their whole task is, you know, to participate with the outside counsel uh, in the lawsuit and keep that moving forward while the clubs survive and move on to NISA, and um, you know, people don't then lose their clubs.
1: It's just funny because I can picture this one poor mail clerk sitting in an office somewhere in New York City, just going, getting the mail, and coming back
0: <laughs> and dropping yeah. off at the legal counsel's desk. Like, oh, here you go, sir. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> well, that that, that person well, it might be doing thankless but important work for the future of uh, club soccer uh, at the pro level in the United States. uh, I do think the lawsuit is a very important um, step that has been taken to challenge the status quo.
1: If the NASL brass is listening, I'm not not saying that they may or that they are or that they aren't, but if they are, uh, yeah, I'd gladly take that job of being the guy that goes and gets the mail. I'd gladly take (laughs) it. Uh, The third option that you write about is, uh, and this is, again, I, I mentioned to you before we, Uh, started recording is kind of made me chuckle and then I saw I kind of sat there for a second and looked at it and really just said holy shit this this is plausible even as 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 out curveball far from left field as you any cliche you want to throw in here uh this is very plausible and I'm going to let you kind of take the reins on this one because you're the mastermind behind it so what do you see this third possible option being?
0: So you know one of the things that's interesting about the way that the United Soccer League is structured versus how the NASL is structured is that it is owned independently of the teams. Um, so the idea here is that um, someone like a Ricardo Silva or perhaps a you know a combination of, of Silva and Rocco um, you know were, would buy USL uh, from its owners New Rock Holdings um, and you know in, in in life you know everything has its price so they say right so um you know if somebody came to my house you know and offered me two times what my house was worth because for whatever reason they thought they could get four times what my house is worth you know (laughs) out of value you know i would take gladly take a check for two times what my house is worth even though i have no intention of moving right um because you just take a deal like that you you know and i think if 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 you, if a you know whether it's it's you know Silva or it's Rocco or a combination thereof or somebody else were to come in and make an offer, um, you know that that is you know a hard offer to refuse. Um, you know that's something that uh, that New Rock would have to consider. So um, you know so let's that the scenario is all about that. It's that you actually buy USL and then you say, okay, we're going to take. You know the MLS two teams, and we're going to terminate our contract with MLS, and we're going to have the independent NASL clubs uh, join this 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 league, um, and uh, we're going to have a league with independent NASL clubs. We're going to have a league with independent USL clubs. We're going to have the NISA clubs join, and we're going to create a promotion and relegation pyramid. And we're going to kickstart it, you know, with, with all these established clubs. Uh, you know, you've got a ton of, you know, really, you know, great middle market, um, you know, clubs in USL. You've got, you know, the NASL clubs bring some of the major markets like New York and Miami and San Francisco and, uh, you know, greater Los Angeles and, and San Diego, um, and, uh, you know, Chicago, uh, potentially in the near future as well. Um, And you you put those into into the same system and you've got you've got a major um... league. Um, So, you know, that that's a way to sort of jumpstart the pyramid. And then you sort of leave Major League Soccer on an island as the NFL of soccer while you build this promotion and relegation pyramid uh, without them. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's it's sort of an outlandish idea at first, but I think it actually, you know, it holds water. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I think it, it's it's in a way it's the most interesting of all the ideas. Just super low probability, um, but uh, but you know I think the the one that I the one that I favor personally is that uh, that option of the NASL clubs joining um, NISA, you know, because I think that provides these clubs with a system that has a real strategic vision behind it. You know, for the future. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, that will gain traction, you know, where the NASL of the past has not. And let's be honest, as much as I'm a fan of, 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 uh, you know, of, of the NASL and what it, what it has tried to be, um, you know, because, you know, primarily being a fan of the cosmos, um. Ooh, no just yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's the, the, the brand has suffered. Through, you know, through all of these trials of the past couple of years, whether it's the traffic scandal or it's mm-hmm. you know the sanctioning, you know battles, you know the brand is, the brand has been hurt. So I think, right. you know, I don't think I mean I can most Cosmos fans who I talk to at games don't really care what the acronym of the league is, right? right. Um, I think they like the fact that it's a league of independent clubs, right? I don't think that they care, you know, if it's NASL or NISA. You know, I would imagine. I don't know if you can speak. You know, your best if you want to speak for Miami FC fans. Um, you know, do you think that they care?
1: I honestly, I, I think they don't. I think we're kind of uh, at a point right now that there is, there is. I guess the best way to look at it is this way we went through the rough waters of last off season, right, where nobody really knew what was going on, and we kind of look at the rough waters of this season, and they look even rougher, but knowing that you've gone through this once before and you came out I guess clean in a way, you know, you, you survived. You kind of look at it this you kind of look at it the second time and you're like, "Well, this is going to be bad, but this we you know, we still might be okay." So, you know, I think there's a lot less trepidation and fear about this one even though it could be potentially worse.
0: Yeah, a lot hinges based on the um, interview that uh, that Rocco did. Um you know, a lot hinges on this injunction. You know, and I think, I think the, the preliminary injunction being granted uh, makes everything very clear. It's a very straight line to what they want to do. Um, and, you know, I, I know, you know, that they're working on some plans, you know, to accelerate, you know, their growth uh, should they get that. But um, the uncertainty comes, uh, you know, if that's not granted. So that's where, you know, my my hope, you know, would be that that they would consider something like that second option in that scenario and not just sort of uh, close up shop on, you know, a team like the Cosmos or or Miami FC who would not be welcome, uh, you know, potentially in USL.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, One of the questions I wanted to ask you with regards to this article and also with regards to something that I've kind of been grinding some gears on here is, Obviously, Ricardo Silva filing the lawsuit uh, in the Court of Arbitration of Sport, a pretty, pretty much, I probably butchered the order of that. But in CAS, in FIFA Court or FIFA Arbitration against the United States Soccer Federation with regards to promotion and relegation, stating that there is no true possibility for a team in a lower division to play in essentially, you know, the Concacaf Champions League while calling it, you know, by its legal jargon name. Um, do you feel like that lawsuit had any implication at all? With regards to the sanctioning that came down, or the, the I guess I should say, uh, with USSF declining NASL's Division Two uh, sanctioning requests this time around,
0: well, I think we can we can only speculate as to the motivations of the of the you know, board members who uh, who made this decision. But um, if we're going to speculate, um, I think um, you know it certainly seems that this decision was taken. Uh, you know, in a fashion that demonstrated a little goodwill uh, for the NASL um, and for its clubs. Um, I think, um, you know, that, you know, that could have something to do with the fact that one of the owners of the NASL challenged the very foundation of um, Major League Soccer, which, you know, USSF is very intertwined with, as, as illustrated in the the lawsuit, uh, the antitrust lawsuit, um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's a very strong possibility that, you know, people involved in that decision may have been influenced uh, by, you know, this previous action, but we can only speculate.
1: Yeah, you, you say intertwined. I like to use the term in cahoots because uh, <laughs> I used the term conspired on Twitter a couple of days ago and I got blasted for it, so in cahoots is what I'm going with on that one. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I kind of look at this, and, and it, it almost seemed like the other shoe was going to drop with regards uh, to the FIFA lawsuit. And the reason for that is, you know, I, you, everybody sees the connection. Anybody who who does not want to state on the record that the, that there is a connection between USSF, some MLS, and USL per by extension, uh, they're, they're joking. They're they're kidding to themselves. They're they're trying to pretend that what they see uh, doesn't exist and that gravity isn't real in this instance if we're trying to equate here. Because one of the most important things I feel is that MLS and USL are attached at the hip and there's no way around it. And now you're seeing also NPSL filing an, a, a letter, I shouldn't say a, an injunction, but a letter with, USF, with USSF because they realize that they're competing directly against PDL, who's in bed with USL, and which in turn is in bed with MLS. And now with NASL having issues, uh, potentially NISA having issues, that's going to lead to issues to the MPSL as well. And you see that with the letter that they've placed with USSF, right?
0: Yeah, you know, and that's something that goes back over you know a year, really, right? Is um, is is the the Sense from MPSL that uh, that uh, that PDL was actively poaching its teams, and and I can say it's not a sense. It's it's something that I've spoken with MPSL owners who were approached by um, you know by by the PDL um, to try to get them, and some have gone public on Twitter about it as well. So it's not really a it's not really you know a a you know did this happen. Um so much as, you know, it is well there are there are people who say that they receive this outreach. Um so so yeah, I mean I think that's 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 the concern, you know, is that look if there's no NASL. You know, if you've got NLS, you've got USL, you'll have USL D three, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then PDL it's like it's all kind of consolidating under one one system. Right, which is a major league, minor league baseball type of system. Bingo. And then you know the, the the question I think you have to ask is is this what's right, you know for for soccer in the country? Is it what's right to maximize the potential of of such a big country with so many you know so many markets over a million people? Um, is it really the best thing to take you know a market that doesn't make it into you know, into MLS and give the owners of those teams you know, no motivation to really mine their area for talent, right? Is that what's going to bring out the best of this country, right? Um, right. And I think the answer to that is a clear no. You know, so, um, you know, it's, 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 that to me is the duty of the USSF is to grow the game uh, in the country um, and that they should be making decisions. That, that advance that. I think, unfortunately, the current regime, uh, that is, that is in charge of USSF is so deeply intertwined with MLS that there is no distinction, um, certainly from the MLS side, uh, based on quotes from Don Garber that I include in the article, um, as well as, you know, it appears on the USSF side, where they don't really appear to, to see a difference between what's good for MLS and what's good for soccer in the country. So, Um, you know, I'm hopeful that, that, you know, something will change there.
1: Chris, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with us here at Magic City Soccer. And, uh, and to really go in-depth with us about this article, which, again, guys, if you haven't read it, please take the time to read it. It is really worth it. If there's anything that you read tonight before you go to bed, it needs to be this article that came out last week. Um, and it's, it's just it's amazing because it shows avenues and, and ways for the NESL to survive uh, if the worst possible outcome comes out either at the end of the month or at the end of November, Chris, where can our fans find you on Twitter and, uh, where else can they find your work?
0: Sure. So, um, on Twitter, uh, my Twitter handle is just my last name, which is K I V L E H A N. Um, and then, uh, I, my, my writing is mostly on midfieldpress.com. Um, so, uh, so check it out. And, uh, You know, um, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to discuss it in depth. And, you know, I'm hopeful that there will be a a good solution, you know, that uh, we can all root for our favorite clubs, you know, come uh, spring of uh, 2018. Because I think at the end of the day, that's really all any of us want to do.
1: I think for the majority of Miami FC fans, we look at the table and we say, please, God, uh, don't let the Cosmos end up in fourth. That would be the absolute... Uh, worst situation (laughs) in the Combined Table here of the Cosmos end up in fourth. It it, it takes the fun out of the final, or or what it could be. So, best of luck to your Cosmos the rest of the way, and and, and thanks again uh, for joining us here. Cool. Thanks a lot. Catch you later.